Happy Wednesday. This is Asia on America coming to you live on Anchor platforms, streaming on Spotify as well. I hope that my background music is not picking up. I hope it is picking up. If not, whatever. I'm here with my special co-host, Miss Antoinette. Hi. Good evening, guys. So we want to talk about social distancing. I know that this is what we have to do with the climate that we're living in currently with COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. So we just want to, you know, talk about corona, COVID, social distancing, the do's, the don'ts, the pros and cons, and just talk about what's going on. I mean, you can't talk back to us, but, you know, when you do talk back to us, I am on social media on Asia or America. If you are my friend there, please feel free to chime me and send me a message on Messenger. So, with my special co-host, Miss Ann, what you want to talk about about social distancing and what we got going on now? So, um, I'm always uh, a person who kind of looks for the pros and situations. So, um, definitely one pro that I can speak on first would be, and it, this, cause this pertains to myself and my family and our living is, it's kind of bringing us closer together. Um, in our world that moves so fast with like technology and just, uh, having teenagers, my uh, children are teenagers, uh, up in the 17, 16, 18 range. Um, and everybody kind of tends to live their own lives a lot of times and they uh we don't spend a lot of time together um <laughs> my older son he's normally up at the crack of dawn he's off on his way to work or school or wherever he's going and i don't see him sometimes until the next morning again because by the time he gets in uh i'm asleep or vice versa so um it's definitely um i'm really getting to know my older children you're just getting to know them a little better <laughs> yes, yes. them as older children i as younger you know but i, I get you i get they're you. growing their own uh personalities and coming into who they are or playing to be as an adult for now and um i'm really getting to know them and they, they are they spend a lot of time together i mean we've watched movies we play monopoly we play uno um We've just been spending a lot of good quality time together. And I think that's one of the major pros of having to be home here. We're all safe and, you know, so that's one of the, that's one of the pros. For me, I've always been a house kid. So this is really nothing different from what I'm used to. I've always been a house person. Me and you, we've been friends for 20 years. Whenever you came to see me, I was always at home, mm. you know, so this is nothing really different for me. It's just I hate to feel like the government is making me do this, you know. I don't want to go on air saying I'm like anti-government, you know, but, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm being forced to do something that I'm already normally doing. I know this is for the safety and the well-being of the community, but I just also feel like, you know, people should have the choice to do what they want to do. You are giving us, you know, the protocol of what we should do. Wear masks, stay six feet, wash your hands, use alcohol-based hand sanitizer, you know, do your social distancing. So I feel like that's enough within what we're doing within the parameters. Because the government has really been like... I don't want to say forthcoming, but everything is like shrouded in mystery. Everything is a guess, mm -hmm. a guesstimate. There's 30 strains this week. The hospitals are filled. They're not filled. Numbers are down. They're up. We're extending it. So it's kind of like really up in the air. So it's making a lot of people anxious. 
you know, we are a nomadic people. We like to be out. Spring is on the horizon. Summer is coming. So a lot of people are, like, anxious. What do you have to say about that, type? Um, so I definitely agree with you that, um, I think that it should be up to the individual's, um, own personal judgment and decisions on, like, if they would like to completely quarantine themselves from everybody and not go outside, you know, and not take the chance or whatever. I think it should be up to each individual person. I do agree with that. Um, I am one of those anxious people. (laughs) (laughs) And I am very anxious to get back out into doing my, you know, the the regular things that I'm used to doing that I've been doing for X amount of years, you know, that I get where I get my peace and my enjoyment or whatever, you know, um, seeing people, visiting people, um, just that connection, that human connection with people, you know. Uh, So I definitely can't wait. And I think that it is def- it should be up to us. And like you said, they gave us the precautions and what we should and should not do. And also, I'm kind of wondering, like, with all the other um, illnesses and um, uh, things going on in the world, like the killings, the way that people are dying, like, it's why wasn't this much effort put into those situations? You know, so I, I'm I'm kind of confused about that part, um, and like nothing's nothing. It's, it's like all over the place. It's it's just like nothing's organized. None of the, these testing places, none of this. You know, the testing procedures or different resources. Like there's no, it's like it's just hearsay. So if I ain't on Facebook, you know, or listen to the news, and then they're telling me what Trump is saying, and he's saying all this off the wall. You know, these off the wall comments like interbleach into your system, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, it's really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I'm <laughs> not sure what's going on with this. But like I said, I think if we, if they've recommended these precautions, I mean, what else can we do? Because how is it okay for essential workers to go out and uh, be in the midst of all this and, it's okay if you have to go be essential and work and sell things and barter and trade and do this, but, you know, I can't go to my cheat local cheers lounge and have my drink after I've done whatever for the day, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I also feel like communicable diseases have been rampant within our communities already. I've always felt that there has always been some sort of communicable disease running rampant. I think that disease is the best way to infiltrate a society and neutralize a society. Much like when, you know... Crack hit in the 80s. Crack hit in the 80s. And I can even go back deeper in history when the um, England came to Americas and came with their smallpox and things like that and mm-hmm. try to kill out a people, you know... And so I often wonder about communicable diseases. And I, I kind of wonder, like, has COVID or Corona been around? You know, we don't know. You know, we, we rely on medical science. But, you know, to be honest, and I don't want to go out like I'm a conspiracy theorist or anything, but medical professionals are guessing. There's, these are hypotheses. They go based on things that they put tests on these are the educated guests you know i can't it it really came to light when i went to the doctor 
And this doctor pulled out her phone to Google something. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. I'm like, she didn't oh. have a computer in her office? Yeah, she had one in her office, but I guess because of the convenience, you know, she whipped out her phone and Googled what this was and read them to me verbatim. As if. You Are know, you serious? I you mean, never told me that. Yes. Yes. And I can say that because my youngest son, who has autism, had coronavirus symptoms in December. And I took him to urgent care, and they didn't know what it was. They told me it was a viral infection. He had a high fever. He had a dry, raspy cough. And they gave him Tylenol, and that was it. You know, they didn't have any tests. Mm -hmm. So when they say that we're under quarantine from March, and I think back on that and the symptoms of what coronavirus is, and then my son had them, and I was in the house with him. I was a sole caregiver. I was proactive enough to know to give him cinnamon and honey, you know, to soothe his cough and to break up the mucus because I know that coughing is genuinely a byproduct of mucus within your esophagus and whatever. So I, I gave him that proactively. I cleaned the house with bleach proactively just because this is something I grew up with. But just on based on the fact that they didn't know what that was in December to now we're in a full-bledged quarantine makes me kind of, you know, questionable about the information that they're giving to me. Is it factual? Is it sustainable? Mm -hmm. Is it backed in science? Or is these guesstimates? You know, because I see the healthcare professionals, the mayor, the governor on TV, and they have no mask. They're standing around with a lot of people, <laughs> and they are not... You know, and, and that's another thing. People are now cautious of everything like that. Sometimes you have coughs. Mm. You know, our esophaguses are we're living organisms, however, you know, sad quick sidetrack. But I see them on news conferences and they're standing closer than six feet. Mm -hmm. They have no mask. The mayor went and got a haircut. Yet all essential businesses are only open and nothing profitable. So it makes me question, do you even guys know what's going on out here? So, uh, me and my wife, we got a haircut? She did get a haircut. Hmm. She got a haircut and posed for a picture. And I don't want to seem biased because her barber is my friend. <laughs> and, you know, and everybody's like, she has to be in the public eye, et cetera, et cetera. But essential workers have to go to work every day. And I hate the notion that everybody's like... Everybody wants to die for vanity. It's not about vanity. You know, we put these limitations on love yourself and be yourself. So sometimes being yourself may be an expression of getting your hair done, getting your nails done, having a haircut. You know, well, I need my feet done. That's, that's a, <laughs> I need my feet done. That's a, a way to take care of yourself. Self care is like at the top of the list, you know, um, and things like that. I, I am hoping that they do open on the the expected date that they have because, uh, again, that should be a personal choice. Whether I decide to go be amongst all these people, you know, or whatever with the, you know, current pandemic going on. But I need my feet done. <laughs> you, man, I need my eyebrows done. This is not about, like, me wanting to be cute to sit in the house. This is just a personal thing. When I look at myself, I say, mm -hmm. and it's not about no low self-esteem because I hate that people kind of correlate what you want to do to like self-esteem. Self-esteem 
I mean, yes, some some people, you know, put things and objects and looks with self-esteem. But a lot of us just want to look how we want to look, you mm-hmm. know. How if, we feel comfortable. How we feel comfortable. And, yes, a lot of us are sitting in the house. But even still within sitting in the house, I want to keep some level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, motivation? I'm not I don't know. Not motivation. Like, um, Upkeep. Yeah. That's upkeep to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm sitting in the house, that's a form of upkeep. Mm-hmm. You know, we are supposed to be presentable. I'm I'm taking Zoom classes right now for a business meeting, and I don't look presentable when I do my Zoom classes because mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good, yeah. because my my things are closed. So I'm looking at potential investors, my business coach, and I don't look presentable. So. You know, you must look presentable in a workplace. So why must I? Why can't I look presentable in my Zoom when I'm presenting my business proposals to a person who's gonna ultimately pass those business ideas to a person who may give me a loan for a bank? So now I'm just looking like whatever, what have you, because of the ramifications. But it's okay for the mayor to get her hair cut. You know, things like that yeah. is a double standard. Yeah, yeah. Th- those things kind of things make you go, hmm. You know. um, my son's walking around looking like I don't know what. They need haircuts. Um, and why should one be able to and the other not? But uh, So I have a question for you. Once this pandemic is over, what, what are the things that you have missed out on that you uh, can't wait to be able to do? I am so scared to say this because it's on going on social platforms and everybody has so opinionated, but I'm a social person and I'm just ready to get around people. I am pre-social media. I'm pre-digital person. So I like to see people. You know, this is the one thing that I feel as though social distancing has taken away. Is human touch. Mm-hmm. We were already on the verge of losing that humanity and empathy anyway prior to this. And now that this has come about, I saw a meme today where people's like, this is the new hug, where they were like giving people elbow things. And I'm a touchy-feely type of person. I don't want to be in a world where human touch is outlawed. I think about that movie Demolition Man. Are you familiar with Demolition Man? It is with um, Ah, Sylvester Stallone. Years ago. Yep. And Wesley Snipes. And it was Frozen. And he, they got unthawed, and they lived in a pre, in a, in a in a not so distant future, and everything was outlawed. The only restaurant was Taco Bell, which is surprisingly because oh, they've been pushing Taco Tuesday on us, you know, for a long time. So the only restaurant was Taco Bell, and the people lived underground. And they ate rats and stuff, and um, Dennis Leary was their leader, quote unquote, and they were having sex virtually, reality, and like there was no touch. And I don't want to live in a world like that where mm-hmm. there's no touch and everybody's real stoic mm-hmm. and real mannequin-like because touching either physically or emotionally is what buys, ties us together and binds us together as a people. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though this <laughs> epidemic is going to take that away from us. Yeah, it's, it's taken away from our these five senses that we have. Like we need to be able to touch, to see things, to be around. You know, it's it's... And it weighs on uh, people's, like, your mind. Like, there's some days I was in here like, oh, I need to back. I need something to do, you know. 
Um, I've cleaned out the closets. I've done this. I've repotted plants. I've done that, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it plays on your mind. And it's just, uh, we need that outside. Even in child development, um, I'm in education. And as we were going through, uh, like, my early years of um, my child care classes, that's a part of our development when we were as young as nine months old we need to be out in the element out getting fresh air being around people getting that social emotional um part of our uh development we it's necessary it's, it's really necessary i also feel like being in the house you touched on something about mental there are a lot of you know everybody's like mental health matters mental health matters but no one is thinking about the mental aspects of being confined within four walls, mm-hmm. even with inmates. You know, like mm-hmm. when you're confined within the walls of your, that's like being boxed inside of your mind. So like to be boxed inside of your mind, you know, 24 hours a day for 60 days at a time. Now that I say that, I, I have so much empathy for an inmate. And I think now that I'm thinking about it, jail is inhumane cruelty you know not to say that people who break laws should just be able to still live but i think that there should be some type of happy medium within that so people don't lose their mind because the mind is the strongest and weakest muscle that we have you could lose your mind very quickly and you can grab your mind and be a genius at the same time so with that being said i think that mental health is one thing that people politicians has kind of forgotten about why you're pe- placing people in a house mm-hmm. on a continuous basis and saying oh you only know, need to go out to go to a necessity which brings me back to this what is really deemed a necessity because now i need a bedroom set but those stores are closed that's a necessity to me right now but i can only go to walmart you know i can only do those things and that's not a, and that's not necessarily necessity to me Right. Uh, not, not only that, um, public services like the DMV and things like that, those are very necessary. We, uh, there are things we have, people have to get IDs. We have to, you know, my daughter, is, she, she just purchased a car. She has to get some things, some plates switched over, things like that. And those aren't open, but yet I can uh, go to Jiffy Lube or I can uh, go eat McDonald's. So, uh it does make me question like what things are actually essential and what things are not. Also, uh, when I think about like these children missing so many days of school, um, if there is a, there's this law or regulation or guideline about how many people can be in one area, there should be something going on where some type of instructor can probably, or can go out and, visit students or like in in small they should be getting paid still on payroll like you know or small little groups maybe two or three at a time and meet up and kind of keep these kids on track because i mean everybody doesn't learn the same way so you you're expecting every child to learn online you know and i don't think that's beneficial for a majority of cps students i just really don't like Everybody doesn't learn the same way, and those are those that are, that don't learn that way are missing out. You know, you bring that up, and I have a special needs child, so that makes me bring about to special needs children who have gotten on schedule, who may have have a schedule 
of going to class mm-hmm. and seeing this certain teacher waking up and now that schedule is broken. You might not have a parent who's adapt to assist their child with special needs to put them on a schedule to understand their needs because we are not trained professionals. I'm not a trained professional. I can only guide my child in love as a mother. I'm not a trained professional, but let me just go on air saying that I've already homeschooled him. Not to my best ability, but I'm glad that he doesn't have a structure that he was broken from because the school system has been broken since school started. We were on strike. Now we're out. They have this e-learning. I saw someone say, oh, this has been a horrible year for education, for, 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 for academics. And there was school closings way before that, so resources were dimmed down, uh, dumbed down anyway. So, like you said, it's been bad for education-wise. And I just don't see how kids can prosper in that. You know, you've taken away graduation. You've taken away prom. You've taken away, you know, their hard work. You've taken away sports, academics, awards, valedictorian, mm-hmm. things like that. Motivation. Motivation, period. period. Those things are, are motivating. Like, there are students who have gone from kindergarten up until this time, this year, in July, and they are ready, or June, and they are ready to have this ceremony, receive this award, have this big celebration, and, you know... It's very, very unfortunate. And that's crazy to me that you would keep a big box store like Walmart open who has way more people coming in than students Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to come in daily with Mm -hmm. workers and security guards and people coming in. And, you know, I know they have people in line and six feet and mask and sanitizer. And I know we have to eat. You know, and I know we need things to live, but is that way more important than education? Because a lot of kids don't have a lot of parents who are going to stand on them and make them do their work yeah. at home to prepare them for a lot the of future. don't understand the work. This is true as well. This is true as well. This is true as well. So, like, like you said, what is deemed essential? What's what? What is essential? And and I keep saying Walmart because it's funny because I saw a meme a long long time ago. Where Walmart was the was the storefront, they were coming in like in a, an assembly line, and they were coming out like zombies. And this is the only place that we're going, and we're going through one door. And this is how we looked the other day when we were out <laughs> yeah. shopping together, uh, and we were in line. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to walk like a robot because we're in this line. We have these masks on. Everybody's stepping from X to X, and it's like a chain gang assembly line type thing, whatever. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, is this what we have come to? Is this what like the world has come to? It's just like, wow. And so let me ask you a question. They've extended the stay in place 30 days, 30 days, 30 days, 30 days, 30 days. When is it acceptable to go out? When when will it be acceptable to go out? Uh, I don't know, and I don't know where they're getting these... Uh, I think maybe they're giving us these numbers to kind of keep um, keep our mental in a certain place, you know, thinking like, oh, okay, we only have this many more days, so that some people don't rebel and kind of like say, skip this, you know. They're kind of giving us the thirty days, and because I, I could, I don't see how they are measuring this time period of like when this is going to be over. If that's the case, just tell us. When? 
But um, I know you know it was, I meant to mention this. It's also unfortunate. Like we didn't talk about funerals. Like we talked about graduations, but funerals is like we all know how important that is. And like even my family, we've had a death in our family where we were not able to um mourn or come together and gather like we would have wanted to and would normally do. Um and I just really feel for those families right now. Also those who are having babies and things of that sort, um my heart goes out to them because they have to be separated from their family and these are times where you need that support and that human touch uh right there with you and they don't have that support and that's kind of unfortunate you know so that's really a that's one of the cons of course this new normal that we are living in is like so like futuristic like this kind of world we're living in is 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 very scary for a person like me who's you know a very touchy-feely emotional I like to talk I like to touch you know I don't want to say this online but I'm like kind of a, like a medium and I touch people and I feel people through energy this is kind of like disrupted my flow I I I can I really can't sleep I um I'm really anxious. Yeah. I'm really yeah. like um irritable. Mm-hmm. I'm really I'm disturbed a lot. It's and like I said, I'm already a house person. I already sit in the house, but just not having the freedom to come and go as I please without restriction is kind of like you know is really like on me. And you know, I like I said, I have a child with special needs, and going outside is a big part of what we do. Even if it's just walking around the block. But now it's, it feels like I'm doomed if I go around the block and I don't have a mask on. And it's like, how do we get back to normal? Is there going to be a normal? What is normal going forward from this pandemic? And, you know, I don't know. We, we, what, are, what are these numbers that they're getting about we, we have an expected surge and booms of infections this week you know at first it was in april it didn't happen no we expected in may so now when may comes oh are we expecting in june mm-hmm. i mean what is the models if we don't know what is going on where what are, what are we basing this on right what are we basing this on and like i i kind of feel like we're living in a totalitarian type of society where you are up top delegating out rules to the lessers like in a totem pole yep. and i don't want to live like that america is supposed to be the land of the free home of the brave i feel as though if this was a pandemic as what it should as as what it was then everything should have been shut down yeah not just non-essential businesses Liquor stores should have been shut down. Walmart should have been shut down. McDonald's should have been shut down. DoorDash should have been shut down. If we were in that grade of danger of something that is so easily as washing your hands and quarantining yourself for 14 days to get rid of, mm-hmm. why is everything shut down? And not to minimize anything because people are dying from this, but people have died from the flu, from HIV, from alcohol. From drugs, from sex and HIV, from overeating, 
from diabetes, from heart disease. Our time on this planet is limited. One thing that is certain is death. And I don't want to sound like I don't have any empathy, but that is a certain in life that we are only here for a period. So if there's so much emphasis on on us keeping our health during this pandemic, why is there not that much emphasis on the preventative care of yes. other things that are detrimental to our health? You know, we have a lots of recalls about food and baby food and water and this and that. Why is there not so much structure put into preventative care to stop us from having diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, HIV? I mean, yes, they pass out condoms and things like that, but why is there not any things in school to tell you about the practice of abstinence, you know, or things like that? So things like this make me weary. I think it's because everybody takes kind of shortcuts and just like already assume and expect that like uh, we don't have to teach these, teach them this or you know, they'll, they'll, they're not going to do it anyway. They're not going to follow that rule. But uh, I really think we should put more time and effort into kind of educating. Um, About a lot of things. Yeah. Educating our young ones on a lot of things. Because we are, like, it is our, it, it really goes out to parents first and foremost. But also to educators because you've taken on that responsibility. you put it on that cap and that's your job. Like, you, uh, this is what you signed up for. You know what I'm saying in so many words. Um, but it definitely is the parents' uh, responsibility first and foremost because um, they're your parents are your first teachers. So um, if I can teach you how to talk, I should be teaching you the things that you come out your mouth. You know, so um, yeah, we definitely have to do a better job of educating our our what's ours. Period. Like our kids, our uh, neighbors, our friends, our niece, our daughters friends are all that like we have to do a better job of educating one another so you know quickly we are here together obviously we are not maintaining social distancing <laughs> <laughs> just to throw that out there but um i'm a firm believer in six degrees of separation i believe i believe within your six degrees of your circle everything is within those six degrees. I've been friends with you for 20 years, over 20 years. Mm -hmm. If there was anything that was going to be passed on to me from you, I would have already received it. (laughs) And and, from that old Navy skirt and stuff. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yes. And even with, I think we pricked our fingers Mm -hmm. and put blood. We were blood sisters. We We pricked our fingers with a needle and put our blood together. So I also feel like if this disease is airborne or coughing or whatever, what have you, we've been together way before the incubation period. We've been together throughout the incubation period. And we've worn our masks and we washed our hands. But we also are proactive in that we drink ginger tea Mm -hmm. and lemons. And we've Mm -hmm. also kind of had a good immune system prior to this with eating vegetables, eating fruit, drinking water, getting rest, and blessed. you know, you know, I'm thankful for that. So I feel like if, 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 if this was a disease as aggressive as it's portrayed, mm-hmm. a lot more people would have been affected. Yeah. It's only like a thousand deaths and not to minimize anyone's death that has been taken away from that. 
But we are a five billion people society. And I know more people that have been shot and killed. Than I've known I've, died from I've known way more people who have been shot and killed from regardless of Corona. But let me bring you to this now about we're almost about to go out. This thousand thousand people party that these people had versus this thousand people party with the Jews. It's the Jewish Jewish rabbi in a wedding and these black kids in the party. So the black kids at the party, they've been criticized. They're on TMZ. It went viral. They were in the house, obviously not maintaining social distancing. And everybody was very irate about them, offering a lot of opinions, a lot of death threats to these young people about their parties. And then we had the same thing with the Jewish wedding, with the same amount of people, yet there was not a lot of backlash. Social distancing is social distancing. I see people saying, well, they were outside and those people did this and she's trying to get money from TMZ. What's the difference? Is there a difference? So my thing, so there, um, <clears throat> both situations are the same. Uh, I think they, because we already, not I said we, because I wasn't at the party, I'm sorry. But <laughs> these young people kicked it off. So mm-hmm. it was like, and the way they did things was like, they weren't even busted. Like they told on themselves. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my thing. Like it's the fact that you're like bragging on the fact that you, and you didn't even have to be busted. Like you. Y'all could have had y'all party and, you know, enjoyed yourself, which you didn't like that you was enjoying yourself because it was way too crowded to be enjoying anything, you know. But, however, um, you could have had your party and you didn't have to go live, you know. And, like I said, we kind of, they, they kicked it off. So, it's like when these people did, it was like, oh, you know, they could always fall back on like what. But, but I think people been doing that anyway. I think that people have been. Oh, they have. I think that people have been congregating and having parties and hanging out regardless of social distancing. They have. They just go back to say, like, they shouldn't have recorded theirs. Like, I'm not saying they, if they want to have a party, that's on them. I wouldn't have gone to that party. No, no. If that's the way they like to do whatever they like to do, and if they trust those people, like you said, maybe those are 10, 20-year people they've been around. I don't know. But my only drawback is, like, like, you put it on Facebook, and you're, like, putting us out there, like, Oh, we still gonna party. Yeah. And I say we because they my people. Like we are all together. So but what's I the di- what but what's the difference with the up north and the par- and, and the wedding? What's the difference? They should not have been gathering. Because guess what? I what, what I feel like those kids at that party goes back to the six degrees of separation. They are within the six degrees. And even though it may have been two hundred people at that party, in some sh- shape, form, or fashion, everybody's connected. And I don't want to generalize or sound racist, but those Jewish people at that wedding own businesses. And they will have far more reach than we ever will. Because of those kids in that party don't own anything. They're going to go back to the same neighborhoods with the same people with this communicable disease that probably has been floating around way prior to what we have known of. But we're talking about this particular event. This particular event was a what? A funeral? What was it? It was a wedding. It was a wedding. Oh, a wedding. So these are people that they are around. Like these are family. It was like two hundred, and then there was like in New York where a rabbi died, and there was two hundred in the streets, and the rabbi died of COVID, and there was two hundred people in the streets. Well, you know, like I said, that's on them, and I like I, 
I don't have a problem personally with them, whoever gathering. If they're gathering for this wedding, that's fine. Y'all gathering for this um, kickback or whatever, that's fine. But I don't appreciate, I mean, I'm not appreciate, but I think they could have made a better choice than to like brag and boast about it. Like I, I don't care about people meeting up, whatever race they are, how many people they are. If they're in a social gathering, they feel like, like we said, taking that chance with those particular people, then hey, that's on them. Do you feel as though, like, because I'm a person, like, the same people who are killing you or trying to save you, you know, y'all give us bad stuff all the time. It's chemtrails, it's bad water, it's bad food. I definitely feel that way. Um, and now you're trying to save me? <laughs> uh, and I'm going to be honest. Um, I did have a covering, but I didn't wear my covering a lot. But now that it's mandatory, you know, I do wear a mask, but... um. It was like a meme I saw on Facebook also. Like, if I can um, have on jeans and panties and everything else and I can fart through and you can smell it, how's this mask keeping these whatever fumes or whatever's coming from these people? How can that protect you? You know Same. It just, you know, we take stuff and run with it sometimes. You know? And I've always maintained social distancing. I, I, I've, I've never stood too close to people in line at the ATM in the grocery store. Mm. Whenever I sneeze, I cover my mouth. I've always, you know, washed my hands. I've always had hand sanitizer, you know. So this is nothing outside my norm. As I said, I'm I'm a home person, so I've always stayed in the home. It's just that these restrictions or guidelines that they gave us are like all really funky. Um, but this is my second quote unquote show. My first show was an introduction, just to see how the platform worked. This is my second show of Asia on America on Anchor platforms, streaming on Anchor and Spotify. Just a little quick rundown. Please don't discriminate, send us any hate mail. Just listen and vibe in, tune out with us. Like I said, this is my second show on Asia on America with my special guest host, Miss Ann. Hey, had a great time. Thank you. Hope you tune in and we'll talk to you next time. Vibrate higher.